So my, my mom's a musician. Uh, I grew up on a farm and uh, growing up with two brothers and two sisters, you tend to make your own entertainment. And for all significant events in our lives, uh, my mom would play this big old upright player piano and, and she would sing. And she, she was a well-trained pianist and a good harmony singer. And then we would sing along with her. And so right from my earliest recollections, significant events in life have a self-generated soundtrack. It's just normal. You, you sing along when, when you're doing something. And so as early as, as we could, my brothers and I brought, bought guitars and started playing. And always, just through whole life, I've always taken a guitar everywhere I've gone. I, uh, I climbed a mountain in Norway with this old Yamaha FG-180 and took it everywhere I went. And my very first space flight back um, going to help build the Russian space station Mir, we're going, what would be a great gift to bring up to the crew of Mir? And uh, they had this old bad acoustic guitar up there made in St. Petersburg and the, the neck had warped a little bit. And, and there was one of the guys on board was a guitar player. So we thought, why don't we get a guitar that'll fit into the shuttle and bring it up as a gift? So even uh, 20 years ago when I flew to space, I thought a, a nice, you know, we're, we're guests visiting their spaceship. Um, don't just show up with flowers, but let's, you know, give them something they can have. And so that brought that guitar up and, and, uh, and it stayed on Mir for the rest of Mir's life. Um, and so music was was always uh, played on board spaceships and uh, and always played everywhere I went in my life. So when I knew I was going to go live in space for um, half a year, and there was already a guitar up on the spaceship, the the NASA psychiatrist had recognized the same thing that music ought to be up there. Um, I just thought, geez, I, I've been playing my whole life played in bands for a long time. There's already a guitar up on the space station. I should, I should play some music up there and record it. Why not? You know, it's just what I do on Earth. Why wouldn't I, if I can find the time, record some of the songs I already know, some of the songs I've written by myself, with my brother, with my son, and then hopefully find some time to write music up there, see if the place also inspires me to write something. And uh, it was a busy five months on the space station. I mean, just crazy. Uh, six in the morning till midnight, seven days a week, just uh, an avalanche of stuff to do all the time. But uh, I kind of resolved, okay, I, I want to have some sort of collection of music by the time I finish with this. So a few weeks would go by and I realized, okay, I've not recorded anything. I've got to tonight. I've got to figure out how to uh, get one more recorded. And so bit by bit, uh, squeezed into um, all of the work that was going on up there. I, uh, I recorded those songs. They were changed by the place. A couple of them I wrote absolutely from scratch, inspired by being up there. Wrote one with my son completely from scratch up there, which was a delight. And by the end of it, I uh, had successfully commanded a spaceship and done all the work, but also came home with uh, a dozen or 15 songs um, recorded like like music's never been recorded before. Robbie, you got a beautiful studio here, but what if somebody said to you, uh, we want you to record on the spaceship, but they didn't tell you what equipment there was? You're like, what do I do now? And on my first flight to Mir 20 years ago, I wanted to bring this guitar up, but I had no idea 
what I was going to be able to plug a guitar into on a Mir spaceship, on a Russian spaceship. I didn't even know what size of connectors they had. So I, I just got this big collection of adapters and plug connectors and, and launched. And when I got up there, fortunately, we could plug it in and play a chord on this guitar and have it come through the Mir sound system. So when I was going up to the International Space Station for my third space flight, I was thinking I, I need not only to have plan A, but I need to have plan B and plan C. I know there's a guitar up there, but I don't know whether the pickup's going to work. I don't know what sort of preamp I need. I don't know exactly whether I'm just going to have a little recorder on the wall or a recorder on my laptop, or we, we just got iPads up there. Maybe there's a way to patch in an iPad. But no matter what you know on the ground, it's probably going to be a little different. And plus, it's a noisy place on a spaceship, and I didn't know where I'd be recording. So I, I kind of practiced on Earth. I, I, uh, there's, a, there's a guitar that we keep in Houston that is exactly the same as, as the guitar on the space station. So I went and signed it out from NASA. They have it in bond. And I signed out this uh, Larry Vey parlor guitar from, from NASA bond and, uh, and took it home and then tried it, okay, let me just try with a video camera and recorded some tunes. I thought, okay, well that microphone, that's not great, but that's okay. And now let's try it with um, one, you know, a little clip-on mic like this one. Let's clip that on the guitar and try that. And then they don't want to have electromagnetic things up there, but some of the little in-hole pickups are just um, kind of simple, just magnetic. So let's try some of those and see. And I, and I tried several different methods uh, there's a little piezo pickup as well that I thought we could take up. I tried all those on Earth, and then I, I tried them just on a on a handheld recorder, on a laptop recorder, on a video recorder, and then I thought, well, there's an iPad up there. What if I can get uh, various recording software on the iPad? How could I rig up to get an input? I could just use the iPad. It's got an ambient mic, but that's then I, I don't have a separate guitar and vocal track, so. I, uh, I sort of taught myself the absolute basics of GarageBand on Earth. Like, okay, I at least know how to lay down two tracks on GarageBand, but I don't know what all these features are. But this was all peripheral to flying, you know, what I was really doing up there. But the day I launched, I, I was uh, in, in um, Kazakhstan on my third flight. Uh, I thought, okay, no matter what goes on, I think I now have enough plans that I can get some sort of version of the music recorded up there but I'm gonna to have to go see what's actually on board. So I got to orbit and uh, it's a noisy place. Uh, the guitar is in a, in, a, in a fabric case, sort of Velcroed um, uh, up out of the way. Um, and there's no electronic way to record, nothing preset. And so I tried a few things. I tried clipping the, aim, the little lapel mic on. I tried that uh, in-hole pickup. I tried a video camera. I, at one point, I just stuck the iPad up and hit record. And I actually, the one song, uh, Jewel in the Night, that's the way, because I'd only been there two days yeah. or three days. Uh, I just recorded that one as a trial just to see if it would work at all. But after a little while, there was, there was enough stuff I cobbled together. And what I eventually settled on was a, a pretty nice uh, microphone. Uh, but you don't need a mic stand, which is great because it just <laughs> floats. So I, I had this microphone, a nice high-quality mic floating in front of me, and then I ran that through, but it needed a little preamp, but we had a little preamp on board, and then that plugged straight into the iPad, and then I could launch GarageBand and then um, put on a headphone so I could hear for the click track, and then the only place in the whole spaceship that was quiet enough where the, just the ambient, you know, it's like recording in the back of a of a bus or somewhere where it's like, it's always this big rumble of all the machinery spinning. 
the place that was quietest I found was my little tiny sleep pod. Uh, and fortunately, the, the parlor guitar is small enough. You couldn't even put it side to side, but I could wedge my body in there and get one knee up, sort of, and the other foot sort of wedged down because there's a, a foot rail or a handrail down there. So I get my body sort of stable to hold the guitar against myself and then uh, get the microphone floating in front of me. So, and then with the headphones on, listen to the click track, do a guitar track, and then listen to that and do a vocal track and, and lay it down that way. I hung a sign on the outside of my door that said, like, recording in session, so no one, no one would come <laughs> and knock. But often, partway through a song, you know, Houston would call and say, hey, we need you. Like, oh. Okay, so I'd go out and do some work, or an alarm would go off or something. But, uh, but each of the songs was done that way. Find a quiet moment, quickly lash all that stuff together in my little sleep pod, pull the doors closed with a sign on the outside, and then uh, try and get, get a song recorded. And amazingly enough, uh, by by five, whatever, two thousand four hundred times around the world, I had uh, I had a dozen or fifteen songs of, of varying quality. <laughs> it only uh, takes twenty four hundred rotations around the world to make an album. Yeah, in, space, yeah, in the tin can. Yeah, it's not an easy place to record, but it sure <laughs> is a fun one. Uh, trying to play guitar without gravity, it, it doesn't seem hard, right? So what? The guitar is just floating, hovering. It should be easier than on Earth, you'd think, because you don't have to hold the guitar up. But if you were holding a guitar right now, of course, that cutout on the guitar would be over your knee. and uh, Or if you were standing up, you'd have a strap. And the, the weight of the guitar stabilizes it, of course. It hangs on the strap like a big pendulum. Or you put it on your knee, and you know how classical guitarists even bring along a little thing to put their foot on so they're get, everything's stable, so you can really move your hands around. Well, if suddenly you're weightless then a strap is useless because the strap's just going to float and, and the guitar is not going to sit on your knee. So you need to find some other way to hold the guitar still. Otherwise, uh, every movement of your, of your left hand, is, the whole guitar is just going to, you go like this with your hand and the guitar takes off. And, and also, um, your arm has weight on earth. And so, you know, you can easily fret up and down on earth, but you've got muscle memory of how it feels. Well, as soon as you take away gravity, your arm has lost its weight, so now it doesn't feel the same. So you have to watch your hand because you don't go to the right spot anymore because 40 years of training is, is wrong. <laughs> and, and, and so it was, and plus, um, your whole body is sort of floating around. And, I, you know, people have asked, so what's it like to play guitar? I said, well, try stand on your head and play guitar. Just stand on your head because it's that weird where the guitar now is riding up into your chin, so you have to somehow stabilize the guitar. But also, now the weight from your arm isn't down this way, the weight from your arm is the other way, so it's, you have to retrain your muscle memory uh, in order to play. Or maybe if you can picture uh, floating in a swimming pool and trying to play guitar while you were floating inside the pool so that nothing's where it should be and everything's floating around. It's a, it's a bizarre place to, uh, to play guitar. I've noticed the timbre of your voice too is so drastically and I don't think people who are listening to the album will get to experience it in the same way because they're only going to hear your you singing in outer space but right. the timbre of your voice is so drastically different on earth too well I I, uh, I noticed right away that that my voice is different up there uh, when you and I are sitting here right now we don't ever think about it of course but gravity is is draining all the fluids out of your head 
naturally. Gravity's squeezing it down. Your sinuses are draining, and it, it you know everything flows down your throat, and and your blood is pulled out of your head. When you get to orbit, uh, there's nothing to drain your head. Uh, except the beating of your heart. So your sinuses fill up and your tongue swells up and the spit stays in your mouth. I mean, they don't, won't go down your throat. And, and so, uh, so to try and sing, when you have a bad cold, of course, you don't get that resonance in your head. There, there's no sinus cavities for it to resonate. So you don't hear it the same through your own ears. But also with the fluid, your, your vocal cords are a little bit congested and your tongue's a little fat. And so it's, uh, it's, it's a different voice. It's, it's like a, a slightly laryngitic voice or, or where you have a little bit of a cold. So you, you're used to this bass note when you sing this song on Earth, and now suddenly you're, you just can't get there on orbit. Yeah, but I, I think it, in, like, in some cases, like in Terra, like I, I couldn't imagine that vocal being any other way. You know? yeah. like I, think... I, it, I think it's good for some of the sustained high notes, um, which, which is nice because... Uh, there, there, there's a trade-off where, yeah, you can't get to the base, but the fact that everything shifted, you, you just end up with a new normal. But uh, on some of the sustained highs, I, I think it, it, uh, it maybe becomes more suitable. It's, it's, it's a space voice. It's not an Earth voice. I came back from my third space flight, and, and there's, there's a huge number of things to do when you get home, and I decided to retire after 21 years as an astronaut and 35 years with the government, had lived, haven't lived in Canada for 26 or 27 years, moved back to Canada, all huge changes in our lives and trying to get reestablished. But always in the back of my mind, it's like, man, we got all that music and it's just sitting you know, recorded somewhere and we haven't done anything with it. And uh, had, had a couple projects on Earth where I played, um, you know, with bands or with a symphony or something. But those actual space recordings were just waiting, and and nobody done anything with them. And uh, after a while, I was like, well, I, I I can't just let them be wasted. I need to um, at least uh, let people hear them. And what what's the best way? What should we do? You know, what's how do we let people understand spaceflight? I talk about it, I show people pictures about it, I, I go to schools, I, I teach at university, I, I write about it, but here's a resource where I have uh, an entire different art form describing and actually real-time experiencing spaceflight that we have yet to, to share with anybody. And so I thought, let's Okay, let's find a way, see if anybody's interested in turning these into uh, complete songs so that people can listen to it. And not just, you know, just, just guitar and voice, but let's, let's just produce it as songs. Let's make these songs um, rich, the way that I hear them in my head. If, if I had the, the capability to have a band up there with me, how would we play this song? Let's, let's take the purity of just the voice and the guitar that I used up there and let's fill in the instrumentals and the harmony voices and then let people, um, let people hear what it was like. So I, I uh, asked around to a bunch of different friends um, and uh, I'd worked with, with a producer from Orbit, a guy named Paul Mills, who had made sure I got good quality stuff to the ground. So I, had, um, I definitely had tracks that we could work with and, and I owe a great a debt of thanks to Paul. He did. He worked with me real time to make sure that that uh, the songs we recorded at least were a resource we could choose to use in the future. 
when it came time to uh, to put the music together, I, I asked around all the musician friends I went to said, "Hey, you ought to um, you ought to go talk to the people at Warner. They do a really nice job. They really work well with musicians." So we talked to them. I agreed. They seemed like um, like exactly what I hoped they would be. And then the question was, who are we going to work with? And and I I don't know. I asked my friends. I asked the people at Warner, and they said, "Hey, I, there's a guy named." Robbie, uh, that um, we think would really get what you were doing, would understand the music, and and but also have the creativity to to honor the idea of it, but also make it something really memorable. And so uh, I was introduced to uh, to Robbie Lackritz here by um, by people that are in the business, and right from the get go, from our first meeting down in the basement over at uh, Steve's place, just talking back and forth of ideas. And I immediately I liked how you looked at the music and 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 the the uh, the organic way that you grow an original thought and idea using other people's talents to then refine it and sculpt it into something that is far greater than than each of the parts. I had huge respect for it. and and so for I don't know how long half a year we've been working I guess together. And uh, and we're just about to the end of it now, <laughs> and it and it is Almost it has been nothing nothing but a delight. That's how I re remember it. Yeah. How do you remember it? I, I mean, I, it obviously like I I wasn't around at the very beginning, so it took you know for me, it was a real, it it was really exciting for me to get to work on something where. Did you get a phone call or what? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually I got a Facebook message from All the right. president of Warner. This is. <laughs> He didn't have my phone number, but he's my, he's my, he lives down the street from me. That's funny. So, uh, he didn't walk over and push your doorbell. No, no. I, which would have been equally as funny, but it was like, hey, I, I have a funny thing to talk to you about. Uh, can I call you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, we talked, we talked on the phone for a little bit and had a good laugh and, uh, like, wow, that's, that's a different, that is an interesting project. And then he sent the tracks over and, uh, and I work in a lot of like indie and singer-songwriter type of circles, which felt really, it, the songs felt really natural to me. He, he said modestly. Yeah, it, you work in a few circles. Uh, uh, and uh, the, but it, well, the thing that was really nice and uh, for me, like, I, I mean, it was really, it's really fascinating to get such a heavy thematic and literal context to the music that you don't always you don't get that a lot of times you know a lot of music that i work with is written in bedrooms sure. but they're not written in bedrooms <laughs> while you're looking down at the earth and, yeah. and i think there was like there was just such a rich visual imagery that matched a lot of the thematic imagery in the songs that I became really really fascinated with finding how to instrumentate them in a way that would be true to the songs and finding players that would really play with the performances and play reactively to your voice and make the ebb and flow of the dynamics of the songs work with how the music was played, even though you couldn't hear it originally, you know, even though you couldn't hear what they were doing to react to them originally. On my first space flight, Robbie, when uh, I, I went to the Russian space station Mir, uh, which actually means the world, Mir, and it also means peace. Um, I got to this place. It's so weird. You're you're flying through the emptiness of the universe. I mean, there's the the enormity of the blackness couldn't be bigger. And suddenly, you see this little star 
that as you as you close in on it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it starts to assume three-dimensional form of a spaceship, which is big, ugly, bug-like angularity, and you fly in and you dock with this thing, but you open the hatch and you go in, and it's a human place. It's a it's it's a, it's a human outpost. It's it goes from being a star to a mechanical thing to suddenly not even just being a home, but but a, um, a new extension of where we live and the experience that we have as people. And even though that little quick visit I had up there, uh, I was thinking this is, this is uh, right on the edge of the human exploration experience. And so when I was living on the International Space Station 18 years later, I realized we've been here now for 15 years. We've been living on this spaceship for 15 years. We're not in the the newness phase. We're not in the plant the flag and say we're here phase. We're actually in the we left Earth phase. Whoever we were back there has now moved here and the the reality of this place, the weightlessness, the views, the tasking, the separation, that um, culture is actually becoming separate and distinct from culture on Earth. Just like every outpost that humans have first started moving to and living, whether it's uh, the first natives coming across and living in the Arctic or all the way down to South America or Columbus or whomever, those first outposts at first are, are, are just transitionary, but eventually they become a new human experience. The space station is now in that phase. It is um, a developing separate culture from life on Earth. And it's a precursor to what it's going to be like when we start living on the moon. The, the, the Loonians, or whatever we're going to call them, <laughs> uh, or the Martians, when we first start living on Mars, they won't be Earthlings. Their culture, their art, their poetry, their music, it'll all evolve in that place. And part of this uh, album was also just thinking of that. This is an old idea, all of the grounding that I have and the, the technical training and the artistic sensibilities and the sense of cultural normality came with me and the rest of my crew to the space station, but then subtly were affected by that new environment. And this song, this collection of songs is by no means a complete expression of that, but it's, it's the earliest um, attempts to, to express that difference. Uh, old songs, songs with old ideas, songs with new ideas that try and, and start on the earliest tasting edges of capturing the fact that our culture is going to continue to evolve uh, no matter where we travel.